the very first podcast episode of Salon Owner Conversations. I'm Daphne Burkell, and I'm here to get into the nitty gritty details of what it's like to be a successful business owner in this kind of crazy industry. And today's entrepreneur I'm really excited about, she is the lovely Karen Salzgiver. Did I say that right, Karen? You did. You did. <laughs> awesome. And she is... I mean, she's just lovely, first of all. And second of all, she is a major hustler, which is why she's in her car right now, <laughs> because she's just trying to help out the community and help people with their last minute wedding cancellations. Is that what happened, Karen? Yeah. So we just got a phone call, said someone unfortunately had to back out for their wedding hair and makeup. And I do makeup. So I said, you know what? I just had an appointment move myself about 10 minutes ago. So it was fate. And, and how, how often are you able to plan your day in, in an accurate way as like the owner of the business? So thankfully, um, you know, as years go on, it gives you more time to be able to kind of have a steady um, schedule. Um, but when it's changing all the time as well, um, I don't know, you just kind of learn to go with the flow. And, you know, if you have a cancellation just like this, um, with uh, your exposure, you can uh, have someone call you randomly for a wedding. So it works out. <laughs> That's so awesome. And it's awesome that you're able to have that exposure that the unpredictability still results in, you know, there being someone who needs your help at that, at that given time. The name of your company is With Love and Company Spa, correct? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And yep. How many years have you had that in business? Yeah, that building has been in business for two and a half years. And, um, I just celebrated a few days ago, actually, um, six years doing wedding makeup. So I'm an esthetician. So that's where all of that started. And, uh, yeah, we have a boutique inside and uh, with love and companies in West Wichita. So yeah, it's a lot of fun. Awesome. And then, so two and a half years, but you've been doing this for six years. So how did you bridge mm -hmm. between doing wedding makeup to, Hey, I'm going to branch out and do my own thing. Like, what did that, what did that look like? What did that moment look like? What did the process look like? Just tell yeah. me everything. <laughs> yeah. So I have to give full credit to, um, um, Jade is her name. Um, she is, uh, was a neighbor of mine who is Vietnamese and ma married to Puerto Rican. Um, I'm Puerto Rican myself and, uh, her daughter was having uh, her homecoming and asked me to do uh, the makeup as I like to post pictures, just having fun with my friends doing makeup. And it was a fun hobby. And I told her, I said, Hey, I'm not, I'm not a licensed like person, you know, you might want to hire a makeup artist. And she was like, No, I like what you do. And I want you to do it. So she fully gave me confidence to, um, you know, why aren't you doing this full time? Why aren't you and it wasn't even a thought back then. So fast forward, I went to Eric Fisher um, Academy and it was a great experience for me. Um, I did have one child, um, Avery, and then he is six. Um, and um, now I have my daughter who's two and a half. So after school, um, I knew what I wanted to do. I mean, I already had one child, so I was very focused on what I wanted. And um, had that confidence to just right after school and um, start off on my own. And I quickly realized that um, I, I can't do it all myself. Mm -hmm. And so, and I missed the community of having other 
estheticians around me. Um, I was in a, a place where it was mostly hair. And so I was the only esthetician and you can still bond with them. You can still have fun, but when you don't have someone in your own lane, in your own arena, um, it can get kind of lonely. And so I wanted that type of community. So fast forward that uh, a year after just having my own. So it, it's been pretty quick. Wow. So yeah, that's a lot to unpack because yes. I think a lot of people, they're afraid to hire and that's what you did, right? Did you hire or did you rent? Yeah. So I rented my own space when I first was out of school for about a year. And then I started working on having my spa and I did hire employees at first. Um, and we changed the business model to booth rent, uh, after COVID actually. So we've been through, mm -hmm. Oh, so that was an adjustment to COVID. That's interesting. So Mm -hmm. take me through that. Like what made, Mm -hmm. like, why, what prompted that switch? What about COVID made you switch from employees to 1099 subcontract? Yeah. So I first, when I wanted to go on my own, I wanted it to be a booth rent spot. That was full intention. That's what it was going to be. And at the time I met with a awesome lady that is in the industry with uh, Aveda. And she was like, you know, what kind of culture do you want? You know, and I very, very much described a family atmosphere. You know, I, I want it to be supportive and that type of atmosphere. And it was good advice to where, you know, when you have booth renters, it's very hard to do because they can come in and out. They don't have to go to a meeting. They can dress to how they want. They can, you know, all the things. And she's like, it's kind of hard to do it like that. Um, not impossible, but hard. So I was like, you know what? Maybe employees is the way because I, I want that culture. I want that family atmosphere and the building to be quite honest. I mean, for myself, my rent is over $3,500 for the building alone, let alone utilities and everything else that comes with it. So I was like, how could I afford to have booth renters? You know, so just everything showed employees, right? And then the last year, February, March, uh, especially February, all my, my, like my two girls and myself, we were at the top of our game. Like we were the highest, our numbers, I mean, as it should be, right? If you're continuing your business, it should be growing. And so when COVID hit, I did do the PPP loan. um, And I was very thankful to be able to, I I used like, okay, so I'm going to be honest, we we got 8,000 for it. And so 6,000 of it um, went strictly to the two girls to maintain their payments and, and all the things that they needed during that time. And then 2000 of the, you know, 3,500 went towards rent. Um, so obviously it didn't cover even one month's worth, but I was very thankful that um, we were able to get that. Mm-hmm. And that whole process really was like, you know, um, it was a lot on me mentally and, and physically. And I did also do Instacart um, because I was hustling. <laughs> It's in my blood, but I was hustling because I didn't want to get a business loan. Like I, I, at all costs, at all possibilities, I just did not want to get one because it's really hard to pay those off, you know? Um, and I've been able to not have to go that route so far. And I just didn't want to start. So after that, I was like, you know, um, 
with COVID, you just don't know if, to be honest, if clients are going to show up, you don't know, like, what if someone gets COVID who can cover all of those things. And so I was like, you know, I can show these girls how to even make more money than what I can give them right now. So knowing myself being a booth runner prior, I was like, I have the knowledge and the ability to show these girls. I can lay it out for them. And they were so excited, ready to go. And the other one was like, I liked how it was, but I showed her the numbers. I'm like, I'm talking a lot more money on your own, you know, and I'm, what's nice is we could still be there to help each other. So that's kind of a little bit of uh, what went on. Wow. I love that because it just shows your flexibility because most people, I mean, one of the most scary parts about being a business owner is that nobody tells you what to do, right? It's like every Mm -hmm. day you wake up and you're like, when is somebody going to tell me what to do? Because I, that's what, that's, that's the part of business that I hate the most, I think, um, personally. And I think a lot of people are afraid to hire in the first place because they don't want to let go of that control. And, you know, in your case, you hired right out of school and Mm -hmm. gave up control very fast. I mean, yes, you do control, you know, employees, Mm -hmm. I'm doing quotes, I'm doing quotes, but you don't really, you know, control them. You can help them. You can train them. You can develop them. Um, but then with booth renters, it's a whole nother level of, you know, not, not having that control. Mm -hmm. Um, and just, yeah, the fact that you were able to do that is, that, that transition is just wonderful. And with booth renters, um, how are you? Cause I know that some people move into booth renting, like their stylists, like they'll, they'll leave commission, they'll go into booth rent. Um, and then they find it very, very lonely, right? Like you were, mm. like you were describing it's lonely. And then they kind of regret the switch, but it sounds like you hmm. are providing enough support for them that they are not feeling that way. Am I just putting words in your mouth or is that what you're saying? No. That's awesome. I love that you're, you're, you're talking like that because I decided I'm going to have booth rent look a different way. Okay. And what I mean by that was if you look on with love and companies, Instagram page, Facebook page, a lot of people to this day still think that everyone might be under me. I don't know. Like, are they like, are they all together? Are they not? And I try to be very clear of like, you know, we have six women-owned businesses under our this building and, you know, support this person and that person. Um, but I took the initiative with my background in broadcast journalism to make sure that everyone's posted every, you know, we have Manny Mondays with Helen, you know, we have every day has a spotlight for these girls. And it's not all about me. Um, because, you know, they're all under a with love and company. Yes, but like I'm not just running the show you know, and it would be silly of me to just be like, oh, no, this is my page and good luck. I want long-term community success. My vision and what I want is truly to help one another. And that would be insane to have what I have and say, yeah, we should all be together and not do the work to show support. Um, And then also I'm available to the girls. We do photo shoots. Like I take everyone's pictures. I edit them um, for their content. If they, if they need it, want it, they're always able to sit down with me for um, one-on-one like business consultations, um, which kind of then led into the other business that I have with consulting. 
but um one of the girls was very honest and she was like I'm just afraid because to ask you because you charge people for this and for consulting and I said you know I appreciate that but if we're all in this umbrella community of a building we have to be here for one another and I learned so much from them that I don't know, that's just what I personally want out of this industry and out of the community that I've built around me. And that's not for everybody. I get that, you know, but I'm very picky on who rents space around us um, because you have to understand we all help each other around here and we all support each other around here. There's no competition. And if there's even an inkling of that, I mean, I have it in my contract. If there's any, you know, disclosure, you know, issues, then it's just not going to work. So that's just where I do take control a little bit in that. But it's just because I want everyone to feel comfortable in the space and feel a part of the community, um, not just on Instagram, but in real life, in the building, every single day, wanting to come to work and excited to, to see everybody in our building. So what I'm hearing is that you're controlling the environment, not the booth renters. Correct. Yes, so you, of course. Like they're, they're welcome to come in and out, whatever they please and, and mm-hmm. have their own product to sell. Like, I'm not like you, you have to just have one product. No, they have a lot of freedom in, in what they do. Okay. So first of all, I wanted to ask really quick, just for people who are trying to go through the numbers on this. Um, mm-hmm. So you mentioned that your rent was 3,500 a month. So how Mm -hmm. would you, what strategy would you recommend for pricing your booth renters rent? Mm -hmm. So I was very lucky in the fact that we established a pricing with Whip Love and Company before, you know, we had employees, right? And I, I truly think that it was a pretty smart deal. I didn't even realize it was happening. But if we already established this is with Love and Company's pricing for facials and whatnot, um, and we had um, nails before as well. Um, so when we have our new nail girls, um, I do tell them, you know, this is what the pricing's been. If you're comfortable with that, I would suggest um, just to keep an even playing fields. Um, you know, our nail girls aren't competing over like, well, she's $10 cheaper and she's $20 over here. And now we do have a little bit of differentiation when it comes to waxing with some of us girls, because there's so many of us that do waxing. So all I ask is like, just keep it in the same ballpark. You don't want to, like I said, we're trying to help each other because like, if you're sick or if you're, you know, as your own business, you want help, you know, you want to exchange, like I'm booked all the time. So I'm always sending out to these other girls and they do the same. So that's just the real, the focus of our community. Um, so my suggestion to that would be, I, I don't like the notion, which I respect why school teaches you this to start small and then grow. Um, Yes and no. I mean, you don't want to be ridiculous, but it's very hard to grow from, let's say, a $50 service and you want it to be $95. Uh, It's very hard to grow that. You can't jump and skip that high, you know? Like you could jump from $75, $85, $95 maybe, um, but you cannot jump from $50 to $95. It's just not 
it's not realistic. I wouldn't, I wouldn't go to you. You know what I mean? I wouldn't, if you jump that high. So yes, you can start off smaller, but you should be, for example, the 75, if you want to get to 95, if that makes sense. Yes, that totally makes sense. And it's all about who you're trying to attract as well, right? Because if you're attracting the $50 customers, why, what makes you think they're going to suddenly become $90 customers? You know, the, Mm -hmm. the, the person who is willing to pay, you know, a premium price for a good service is different than the person who is bargain shopping. So if you start your business trying to bring in a certain type of client, it's not going to magically change just because you have more experience. Is that what you're saying? Absolutely. And a couple of things too, on that, I'd rather have one person that can pay a hundred dollars versus two people for 50. Mm-hmm. I'd rather be, be patient in that game, um, because it will eventually pay off. Yes. I, yeah, I love that. And I love the concept of trying to attract the correct audience. And before the mics were on, you seemed like you were very passionate about that topic in general. Um, and, and I think that you have done a fabulous job attracting the, the type of target audience booth renters that you want. Um, and I like the idea of, you know, creating an environment where they don't have to compete with each other. What kind of rent are they paying you? Like, do you, do you base that on a percentage or like, do you divide up the rent into chunks and say, okay, this is how much I need to charge in order to break out even like, how do mm-hmm. you decide what to charge them to be in your building? So I think it's smart for anyone else looking to do this is to see what's around you and differentiate. So if they're going to pay a little bit more or a little bit less or whatever, I mean, it should be a little bit more if you're giving more, you know? So with ours, it does include at any time with like business advice or consultation at any time which obviously that costs a lot for if you were to go outside. But I think it's really the exposure of social media. And um, also we connect our clients to them. Um, That's very unique in this arena. So I know I bring value in that. Um, So I'll be honest with you. When I first started booth renting, I priced it as if, my full, all of my rooms were filled. Mm -hmm. So I didn't charge my first person more than I charge my last person now Mm -hmm. that I'm going to have. So I did the math of how it's all going to be covered. um, But I didn't, you know, I didn't charge my first person 400 because man, I needed that in order to make, no, Mm because I still work. So I knew long-term, I saw long-term you know, goals. And, um, I put in the work, I didn't think it would be fair. You know, I wanted to keep it fair. Um, so how I divided it was based off of the full spectrum. Um, I didn't have, I think the end of this month, we're actually going to have everything filled. We have a huge space, almost 3000 square feet. Um, and I'm very picky. So there was like a year where, I had a space open and I just would not like, if it's not the right fit, it's not the right fit. And that's okay. Like be patient in that. And I'm not afraid of working. Like I kept working myself to make sure that that was covered because I rather like one bad apple or one bad 
You know what I mean? It's so true. Like, don't give in because financially you need it. You know, then as a business owner, you should be working harder then, you know, wait for the right person. Yeah. You don't, not all money is the right money, right? Mm -mm. No, it's definitely not. (laughs) Yeah. I, 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 I completely agree. I think that playing the long game is the key to business and it's, it's, and it's fine to be selective. You mm-hmm. need to surround yourself with the people that you want to work with because this is your life <laughs> and yeah. business never ends. It's always there. You're always thinking about it. You're always dealing with it. So you're kind of, you want to paint a picture that you love to be a part of. My company is called clean my salon and we only work with salon owners and people are always like, why don't you do like office cleaning or whatever? And I'm like, because I would rather be like the best solution for someone than a mediocre solution for everyone. And I feel Absolutely. like that's exactly what you're doing is that you want to be the best mm-hmm. solution for these girls. You want those girls to be the best solution for their clients. And mm-hmm. yeah, that's just beautiful. This is a marketing question. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know what your marketing strategy is or if it's paid or if it's referral, but mm-hmm. if you had an extra $1,000 every month to put towards marketing, what exactly would you do with it? That is so funny you say that because I just a few days ago had a Zoom call with a a marketing uh, agency (laughs) and it's not far from there that um, so with my uh, this is business mama the business consulting side of our industry but focusing on moms um, I will be doing some video and content and stuff with them that I think it's smart to put in where it will pay off. For example, like a video, you have one video and you can put that on. um, I just consulted someone about this, actually. It's like you can put that on your if you do a pop up shop, you can put that on your website. You can put that on your social media, um, a content that gets the message across of who you are and what you do. And you can do it yourself. But eventually, it's very smart to hire professional um, in that arena to make sure that, you know, for me, I want to attract the best audience, right? So I need to put up my best game. And I think a video doesn't have to be too long, but explaining your story or what you're trying to achieve or who you're trying to target um, is worth investing in. Um, I've done a few like magazines and things like that. It did not pay off for me. And maybe I didn't put the right thing in there, but um, video by far, I think just goes the farthest. So you're paying some good money for a quality video that Mm -hmm. shows your face. So they get to know you Mm -hmm. and targets your perfect prospective clients. Mm -hmm. Um, And you're putting that video on all your stuff, like your website. Yeah, we will be. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. And are you yeah. like promoting them on certain platforms or is it just based on who you want to target? Yeah. So I definitely think here's a really good tip is whoever your target audience is show up where they are, you know, and separate from which I had to learn myself and I'm still learning, but separate where you like to be on social media or where you like to search and be versus where your clients are looking for you. Not just where they are, like, yes, maybe they're on Facebook or whatever, but if they're, when they're searching like your business, they're Googling it, right? So maybe that's where you should focus a little bit of attention or 
you know, they're probably checking out your website or your services or wherever. So it's not just always posting on Instagram, you know, all day long, round and round. Cause we, I mean, I enjoy Instagram, but that not, that might not be where your target audience spends their time looking for you. So I feel like it's very easy to be in what I call just being in the hamster wheel. You're just like, I'm posting, I'm posting and Instagram, like I'm going, I'm going. Well, if your demographic isn't between 25 to 35, they might not be on Instagram as much. So, you know, it's really thinking about where your people are and how to find those. Where's your target audience? I think that took me a long time to figure out um, because I tried, you know, in salon and spa, you're just like, there's this type of demographic that has the money to spend, right? And there's this demographic that usually goes to the salon and spas. Um, that shouldn't matter. I'm 28, so I it's smart for me to focus with moms as well. I'm a mom of two. So I'm focusing now on moms between 25 to 35. Now that doesn't exclude everybody else because there are many, but that's where I'm focusing in my target. And it's usually what you are. You know what I mean? Like that's a good place to start. Yeah. Because you don't have to dig into their brains as much, right? Cause you can just be like, okay, well, where do I look for this when I'm looking for it? Cause yeah. you know, we, we understand no one better than we understand ourselves most of the time. Absolutely. So Absolutely. yeah. And we, we, we always Google, you know, like all sorts of stuff, but yet I had to do this myself. I'm like, I need to refresh some pictures on my Google page. And, you know, it's, it's important to do that. And as business owners, it's, it's hard because you're always trying to go forward. What's the next thing? What do I do next? How do I expand? And we forget about the simplicity of something like Google. And it's not just Google ads. It's just post, you know, updating your pictures on Google, uh, making sure your reviews, you can, you know, pay attention to them and, and where else you could show up on there. So that's a wow. big miss that I know I've missed several times in the past. So I like wow. that one. Well, I just love all of your answers are so succinct. They're so specific. And I would love for you to give just one last piece of actionable advice. So if you could give someone one piece of advice to move their business forward today, what would it be? And then tell people how they can get help from you one-on-one. Absolutely. My number one thing is become more self-aware, grow your own self-awareness because you are running your ship, right? And if the captain doesn't know where to go or like, you, you need to be more self-aware. So maybe that's learning more about what is self-awareness? What is that? What does that look like? Um, because you are your business. So if you're navigating or, you know, helping employees or helping customers or whatever, if you don't really understand yourself and, and how to grow and learn for myself too, is like growing in confidence and things. Um, I had to learn to look within and, and why am I not confident? Why, you know, many different things. So my, my number one thing is learn to become more self-aware. Your business will thrive from there. So didn't mean to rhyme, but hey, not too bad. <laughs> um, so where you can find me, this is Business Mama is my business coaching 
one-on-one, -on -one, your first time is completely complimentary. Um, please do mention this podcast so I know that you found us from here because I would love to keep you updated too about that. Um, but this is Business Mama on Instagram, on Facebook. You can find me. Um, I am Karen Salzgiver, K-E-R-E-N. So it's a little bit different. Um, also with Love & Company, um, our spa page, you can contact me on there too. Right. Well, that is a wrap. You are, you would make an excellent coach because I mean, I feel like I learned from things to you today. So thank you so much, Karen, for coming on the clean my salons, very first podcast show I'm salon owners. Of a conversation. All right. And we're going to end the episode now. 